This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! enjoyable well i say that before we get going a huge thank you to paul simon rich andy bernie man and kerry McEwen for joining me today on the patreon watch along dan we're two games into our watch alongs and we've lost both of them orient and now tramier <laughs> am i responsible for this filth uh football folklore says yes um the actual football says no. Um, so what? What an apology of an. I don't even want to use the word performance. What an apology of a, a match from Swindon. Let's hope. Let's hope the pod can uh, fire fire our listeners up on a Wednesday morning over their coffee. Because yeah, we're gonna have to pick the bones out of that, Rich. We are, and I'm scrolling through listeners contributions and having read the first 10 or so i'm kind of scared to continue (laughs) but quite articulate lot of them in their critique yeah i think there's merit definitely it's it's not knee jerky that was that was garbage that was on the back of a worrying run you want to see things getting slightly better but that was that was worse that was the worst uh, of the season it was the worst of this last run and yeah we well we're going to come on to it well i hope i hope you guide me through this because i've been on you know 90 minutes of presenting duties and then straight onto this pod so you're a trooper rich i'm a trooper i'm a slave to content <laughs> one change uh, from the game against exeter city and it was poor old jordan lyden who looks like he's done for the season um and ellis iandolo came in And that's what happened last weekend in this circumstance. But we have a midfielder available that could have filled that in in East. So I'm going to try and weave my way down the the slalom slope that is the team selection. So first things first, in my mind, pre-match, I was convinced, based on previous evidence and what I'd seen against Exeter, where Williams and Gladwin 
both played 90 and both looked supremely leggy towards the end of the match, which I think with Leiden going off and Davison going off too, contributed to us losing the middle of the pitch and ultimately Exeter just having those attacks after attacks. So I was staggered really to see uh, Gladwin and Williams start tonight based on their injury records and how much they've been protected this year by Garnet. And lo and behold, uh, it could be unconnected, but 25 minutes in, Williams is down getting treatment. Four minutes later, he comes off and is now obviously potentially out of Saturday um, against Scunthorpe. So I'm very surprised. I, I really did think Williams and Gladwin would probably do a job share night. You know, one gets 55 minutes, the other gets um, the, the, the other 35 minutes or something like that. Because Gladwin was actually one of our better players first half. And he got quite a lot of compliments from the um, Tramia commentators. But second half, he really faded. And they commented on that quite a lot, actually. Um, again, just looked out of gas. At, at one point, he was sort of down on his haunches. Just looked like committing some heavy breathing. So, yeah, um, first things first, I think we got the middle of the pitch wrong. I can kind of understand why a desperate manager puts both of them out on the park. But I think it was the wrong decision. And the fact that Williams goes off injured, which means Gladwin then has to play 90. So he's now potentially shagged for the, the Scunthorpe game on Saturday. So that that's point number one. Point two, it, it feels like a huge vote of no confidence in Ryan East. Whereas in the first half of the season, Ryan East got not loads of opportunities, but ample opportunities to deputise. And did quite well. I, I can think back to a game at Sutton, which was similarly physical, similarly up against the team, really hard working. And um, and he did well that night when he came on. So quite what's changed in that regard. I mean, you can kind of understand him slipping below Leiden in the pecking order. Leiden's a, a good League 2 midfielder, as we know. But yeah, tonight needed someone that wasn't both of uh, Williams and Clavering. Thirdly, and I, on my tour de force um, here, Rich, I, I do think the Tomlinson signing, whilst he looks a cracking player, and he is, he's a good left wing back. He's had a uh, good game and then he's had some good moments tonight. Uh, one cross, which Davidson really should have done better with first half. And um, the only other sniff of a chance in the first half also came from a Tomlinson deep free kick, which was headed back across goal and McCurdy couldn't quite poke it home. But, it's slightly put, obviously, Iandolo's nose out of joint. Um, and I do think whilst Tomlinson's a good left wing back, Iandolo gives you more thrust down that side. Slightly taller, slightly quicker. Tomlinson looks a better footballer to me, but Iandolo gives you more pace and thrust and that sort of direct running. So the fact that Iandolo's had to deputise at centre midfield on Saturday and then for 90 minutes tonight. I mean, you might have had to do it tonight anyway, given the given the injuries, but it feels like we, if we were going to get a reserve wing-back in or another wing-back in, it should have been a right wing-back on reflection. What what do you think to the, the things I've just said there, Rich? I'm going to stop talking. There's a few things I wanted to get off my uh, chest there based on your question about team lineups. <laughs> <laughs> all, all valid points. I think the only thing I would add is that I think Tomlinson was largely anonymous today. Yeah, I mean, second half, he did a lot less. Just those couple of crosses you could point to in the first half, which were which were good quality. Okay, we've, had, we've got a suspension. There's a long-term injury. Why are we at just over a week after the transfer window and we are just so threadbare? Well... Before we came on air, we we both mentioned that, didn't we? Um, it's it's hard to get your head around, really. Maybe in the first half of the season, clearly we did well with injuries, and we didn't have many suspensions in the scheme of things. So to have Jack Payne missing tonight, not quite yet fit. Reed suspended. Conroy injured slash driving out the county ground at thirty miles an hour, depending on what you read. Um, not true. I, ju- I jest, I jest. I'm just repeating some of the rubbish that's been on <laughs> online. Um, and then obviously Leiden, long-term injured now. So, you know, other teams 
get four injuries or, or you know unavailabilities at the same time and and they cope um swindon yeah all right there's some bad luck in the january transfer window to have three players who you'd like to keep recalled that is pretty rotten luck the, the circumstances around simpson are especially unfortunate on ours and the players behalf kessler hayden Chose to have his best game on on national television, um, including a watching Stephen Gerrard. Um, you know, it's their player; they can do what they like. But you know, to also lose Critchlow, who gives you you know that nice mix of size and pace at the back and a left foot. Um, I do feel like the replacements haven't quite been up to scratch. Davidson is a poor imitation of Tyree Simpson. That's not to say he's not useful. I think the original plan was to bring Davidson in as a competition for Simpson and McCurdy up front. And I think that would have been about right for his abilities shown so far, albeit caveated by the fact that he's clearly you know, playing for a bit of a knock. But the Tramia centre-halves are not going to have an easier night than that. You know, you're talking about a 40-year-old Clark and a young lad, Davis, who got booked in the second minute and has absolutely cruised through the rest of the game, which is a damning indictment on how little we've done tonight. Yeah, it may be a little uh, basic to say, but when that booking happened, I said in the uh, watch-along, we need to be at him yeah. now, but knowing us, we won't. And we that's exactly what happened. <laughs> because, and again, so... Let's finish off on squad because you know you've got Brandon Cooper in who, until first half tonight, has looked like a cracking signing. And I think longer term he is a cracking signing. But for him to make a mistake like that in the fifth, sixth minute, um, you know, clinically pounced upon by Tranmere, that just set the tone for the whole night. Um, and he looked really shaky for the 15, 20 minutes after that. I thought. He was getting the ball to feet, but just, you know, really didn't want it. Just getting rid of it at the earliest opportunity to the nearest man, which, you know, when you're playing in the middle of that back three and Swindon are insistent on playing or attempting to play this type of total football, you know, that's, that's going to hamper you big time. But yeah, here we are, 8th of February, Louis Barry not even getting on the pitch tonight feels another show of no confidence from from the gaffer. Um, Ooh, you think that's no confidence or do you think that's preserving him for a game which isn't dead? But, at the you know, you could have brought him on after an hour. The game was mm-hmm. still alive. Anyway, um, I think the problem there, and others have touched on this, um, but I'll repeat, you know, Barry is pretty much competition for McCurdy. Davison being the only man with a bit of size, He's probably always penciled into play. So the few opportunities we've seen, Barry plus McCurdy, unsurprisingly, has looked quite limp up front. Both men need someone else to sort of vibe off, bounce off. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not quite happened. Um, yeah, I, I'm not against Parsons and Aguiar coming on, especially when it was the game definitely felt like it was gone. Um, and it was Um, but yeah neither man showed any redeeming feature in their their cameos which are sort of going to have them pushing pushing for for Saturday but yeah here we are with a a worse squad than we started January with in lots of words this is where you sigh please I need a sigh no I'm I'm trying hard not to sigh Uh, I'm sure there'll be some soon don't worry I'll sigh Oh, I'll have a glug of tea instead. But uh, where did I want to go next with this? Um, let's let's talk about the first half. And when I yeah. say let's talk about it, walk me through it. Because, you know, we're playing the second best team in the division. They're in incredibly good form, bar one game against the best team in the division. And then we gift them a, a first goal so early in and it, we never recovered from it. No, and it really was gift wrapped um for, well first thing to say i mean even before their center half got booked for the the big tackle on iandolo they'd got in down the swindon town right um automeo with a good block and the, the follow-up shot screwed wide and 
you know, that was fairly ominous for, for the evening. Um, yeah, we've touched on the Cooper mistake. Came dribbling out. Tramir had sort of closed off his options left and right. He dallied, um, panicked and played a square ball to, well, no one except the, the, the waiting Tramir man who, I mean, perfectly waited past for Hemmings to go in and slot under Wallacott 1-0. But, I mean, in the, in the scheme of the match, our best half was the first half. And it's slim pickings. But you take away the Cooper gift wrapping. They had the chance in the first minute. And they hit a post. Um, young young lad from Liverpool, Glatzel, who looks a, a very handy, tricky player. He, he sort of hit the corner of post and bar after 12 minutes. But after that, there wasn't much in the game. We... Midway through the half, we had a very long spell of possession. Must have been a minute and a half, two minutes, which ended with a beautiful Tomlinson cross. And Davison had to do better. And the Tramia commentators I was listening to, who were sat on the the other side of the pitch, I think, sort of sat on the main side, they were both saying, you know, you should score that as a big centre forward. Um, What were they like for the whole game? Um... Pretty respectful, really, but they just found themselves just talking between themselves second half because it wasn't a contest. Um, lots of talk about charity football matches and how one commentator set the other commentator up and he should have scored. And oh, oh, Frank Lampard's Everton are three one down. Oh, they'll be calling for him to be sacked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, so we sort of had our best spell in that five minutes, probably up to the Davidson header wide. Then we had the Williams down, replaced. Um, and that just seemed to disrupt us a little bit again. The only other moment of note in the whole half was a, a deep Tomlinson free kick, I think, headed back across goal by Cooper. McCurdy couldn't quite get his feet right to force home. But he was comfortable for Tranmere, really. They were letting Swindon have the ball at the back, choosing when they wanted to press and Harry. And, you know, we've got to give Tranmere so much credit here. Um, because my word, they worked hard. And the two guys in the middle of the pitch, Warrington on debut and uh, O'Connor, O'Connor, I forget. Um, he's only 20, but, you know, they were absolutely bossing it physically, bossing it in terms of work rate. So not only were we poor on the ball, but we were also out-muscled and outworked, And that's so infuriating to watch. Um, but yeah, in terms of style of play... We just look so easy to play against at the moment. And I sort of compare tonight to the game at the start of last month against Mansfield, where another team looked like they'd really done their homework, pressed, harried, worked their socks off and got three goals. A couple of them gift-wrapped from town, a bit like tonight. Um, but in that game, Swindon was still good enough on the ball to score two and miss a couple of guilt edge chances. You know, I end a low header against the post. McCurdy from sort of six, seven yards screwed it or sliced it wide. So whilst that was concerning against Mansfield and we'd been done, we were still good enough on the ball to probably have drawn that free free in all honesty. Tonight, same traits, you know, from Tramira's in the Mansfield game. We just offered absolutely nothing. It, it was tremendously disappointing performance, I felt, by JML when he came yeah, on too. wasn't it? Just That's seemed... your opportunity. He was just bullied as much as anyone. Just, yeah, you know. he was trying to bully back, but it just wasn't working. <laughs> really silly, petulant you know, push, which you know, might be a bit harsh to be a yellow, but what's he doing? Just barging into the back of someone on the on the touchline. It's just going to be a throw. Yeah, I mean, I mean, perhaps we could talk about discipline shortly because... That Iandolo tackle at the end was just a tackle of a man who just lost his head. And then the melee afterwards, Scott Marshall getting sent off. You know, I'd rather Scott Marshall was getting sent off than Louis Reed. Um, but but isn't that... Isn't in terms that... of discipline, I think the point you're about to make is it's led from management down and the management yeah. in public moan, 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 referee, referee, referee. And don't get me wrong, we've had some bad refs, Laney. Um But that sets the tone for the whole squad. Um, and out there tonight, Rob Hunt with the captain's armband on. He's mute. He's a good player, but he's mute. Um, 
you're looking for Cooper to lead from the middle of the back three. He seemed to rock himself with that mistake and took a long time to recover. O'Brien's a young man. Odomeo trying his best, bless him, to play out from the back and do some driving runs forward. But goal two, he gave the ball away high up the pitch. Um, no, he didn't. Sorry, that's goal three. He gave the ball away high at the pitch before the free ball uh, for Hemmings to go through. 3 0. Um, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm getting my goals mixed up. It was goal two. Goal three was the daft shirt pull from O'Brien, wasn't it? But yeah, just naivety, lack of leadership, you know, worrying things when you're sat here talking about poor work rate and application. Um, but yeah, I mean, the worrying thing was the first half was the better half, as we've said. <laughs> and you're looking for reaction second half, clearly. Um, and I think I've circled three things here, which you might constitute as Swindon Town forward play. The first was in the 49th minute, a Gladwin cross straight to the keeper. I think it's McCurdy threw himself to the floor, which he was doing all night. It's embarrassing. Williams, even in his 25 minutes on the pitch, throwing himself to the floor at every opportunity. And what what's the what's the net gain out of doing that? You're just slowing the game down for yourselves. All you're getting is a quick free kick out of it. Um, it's infuriating. Again, it comes down to discipline and you know, top down. Are they being told to throw themselves to the floor? Because it happens every week. Yeah, it does, it does definitely seem that way, doesn't it? And, yeah, you know, when you're winning, it's understandable because you're sort of... Well, yeah, do it when you're one or two nil up because it sort of kills the game. It serves a purpose, but... Exactly. I wonder down. Um, yeah, I mean, just back to the, the two other moments. I mean, if you want to call them moments, I think 78 minutes, we had a corner which Tranmere headed wide for us at the near post, which was good of him because... Um, we didn't have many chances. And then the resulting corner, there was a bit of a goal mill scramble, which ended with Gladwin having a shot blocked and then it was cleared. But just an ongoing pattern of Swindon stubbornly, stubbornly playing out from the back. And don't get me wrong, I love total football. Everyone loves total football. But when you do it that slowly, that ponderously, and with that little confidence, and without your key link man, Reed, in the middle of the pitch, which means Gladwin had to become that link man. And second half, he's shagged. You've got Iandolo playing out of position, doing his best, but just getting beasted by, you know, Tramir all around him. Where's, where's the adaptation? Where's the flexibility? Where's the recognition that this isn't quite working tonight? What other cards can kind of play? And then... You actually look at the personnel and think, well, even if you wanted to go slightly longer, Davidson is getting very little change out of their two centre-halves. McCurdy couldn't get in the game. Williams had already gone off. Mitchell Lawson had a stinker for the 60-odd minutes he was on. Um, got five defenders at the back. Um, it's really two, two or three nil down. Feels a bit pointless. And so... Yeah, I mean, you must have just been absolutely laughing if you're Tramme. And the, the Tramme commentators pretty much were because, like, each time Tramme pressed and had success, it just sort of emboldened their pressing and even more. And so it just carried on playing out from the back. And the end result being, after two or three sort of rushed passes in our own 18-yard box or just outside, we'd play a panicked long ball forward anyway to Davidson. So why not just do that from Wallacott's goal kick and actually try and do it properly um, if if that's what happens after four or five rushed passes anyway God we miss Reed. God we miss Payne, they're both tremendous players at this level and they will improve us, they would have improved us tonight but I'm not sure Payne and Reed could have saved tonight, it was atrocious and if you are at your most rose-tinted level of supporting Swindon, you have to cling on to the fact that Reed and Payne are coming back, don't you? They are. Um, and, you know, Payne's myth, I mean, I haven't got the stats, but he limped off after, obviously, we 
we beat Northampton 5-2, which was followed by the Man City game. And we then had the Mansfield game, which was a defeat. I think, what have we won since then? One game at Port Vale and too many draws. Uh, um, there's the side for it. Yeah, God, we need you, Paney. Um, I was in hospitality on Saturday. I don't know if I mentioned it, anyway. Um, <laughs> and pre-match, Jack Payne came in and spoke to Phil King on uh, MC. And, you know, lovely chap. Happy to give his time. You know, clearly desperate to get back, but they're being careful with him because they don't want to don't want to rush rush him back. But, oh, what a costly injury to our season. Factored in with, you know, a turbulent January in terms of players out we didn't want to lose compounded by the stupid stupid read red card after the final whistle I know Terry made some good points right on the pod it's frustrating the ref's shocking but Reed, you weren't even on the pitch just go down the tunnel let let Scott Marshall or Steve Mildenhall get sent off for going after the ref because if they're in the stands for two games no one notices discipline at this club is definitely it's definitely on the slide. It's slid and it's sliding a bit further, it feels. Yeah, losing Leiden and Williams since then has, has made it look sillier and sillier. And it yeah. was already silly. Look, I tell you what, you've, you've done a hell of a lot of the, the heavy lifting during this pod. So <laughs> why don't I give you a break and, and we'll read through. I'm going to eat this last biscuit because I deserve you eat it. Your biscuit Thank you. And we'll go through there. Now, as always, I asked for the hot takes and man of the match suggestions. I look forward to seeing who's been nominated. I accidentally, when putting out the message, put out now, which Ryan Jones instantly uh, pounced on by saying out now sounds good to me it's not what I meant I did not mean that but oh, I picked the wrong time to uh, to do that uh, Nathan says easiest game Tramia will have all season Matt says cancel the pod Steve Nub says have said it for the last few months our tactics have been sussed out Swindon can't deal with teams pressuring them and closing them down when they're trying to play this Ghana ball from out uh, from the back and the team can't seem to play any other way. Jack Tanner is disappointed our kryptonite powers towards Tramia have worn off. Josh says uh, he gives himself man of the match for not going. Kyle Roberts says, listen to Caddis on CoComs. Spot on, word for word, what he says. No football in intelligence from any player whatsoever. Need to learn the right to play, and we never do. Uh, R. Allison says, ugh, look, leaderless and clueless. Difficult to see how it turns around, but we need a scrappy 1-0 home win versus Scunthorpe. I'll take any win against Scunthorpe. Uh, Jason Spacey says, if I could take one positive from that game, then it would be when the ref blew the whistle. John Stones asks, what's a man of the match? And Adam says, we did well to recover from the early mistake in the first half and played well. In the second half, we just showed how far off we are. We look a team void of confidence and form. Don't look like scoring either. Davison ran for the cause, otherwise struggling for a man of the match. Ben Nichols says, let's get to 50 points. No point letting Ghana go now. But if Ghana is just going to be a one-trick pony, then make the change. Get a new man in early in the summer. Start again and again and again <laughs> and again. H the Duck says, knew we should have got the mad Italian in. Stephen P says, too slow, too predictable, too lightweight. Odomeo for Man of the Match did nothing wrong. Poor performance, no leadership. And why play players out of position? Daniel Thomas says, I'm scratching my head with so many decisions by the manager today. We aren't as bad as we play today, are we? It was awful and we have so many round pegs and square holes around the team. Missing Reed and paying two. Matthew Kilford, the great Matthew Kilford with the premium content by saying I really, really wanted there to be floodlight failure and didn't we all. Daniel Stevens says only positive is that it was only 3-0 in the end. No one deserves man of the match offered nothing. All goals were gift-wrapped by mistakes. The honeymoon period of the first half of the season has truly worn off. Mitchell Singh, you're on holiday, man. What's the matter? Gladwin, 
was man of the match by an absolute country mile, actually trapped back, won headers, made tackles and tried to play some key passes. Too bad everyone else was awful, although Tramia at the top of the table for a reason. So we need to be realistic on this one and I hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday. Richard Webb says, worst performance of the season. Team is completely different without Reed, Payne and Simpson. Man of the match? Not sure anyone really stood out. James in Norway simply shows a gif of somebody closing their laptop with disdain, whereas Matt Tilly says, good luck trying to keep this one positive tonight, chaps. We have failed there, Matt. Discipline is a massive issue. Don't even know where to start on the defending. Season slowly drifting away, unfortunately. If we don't win on Saturday, then I can see fans really starting to turn. Martin Crook says, Ellis Iandolo in the centre of midfield. Don't get it. Overachieved at the beginning of the season. Currently, we are poor. Borderline poopy. Team is capable of so much better. Something is not right. Yes, missing players, but for the first time, struggling with the tactics. James Bray says, form has been bad for a while now and it feels like we've been found out, but we've made no effort to change or react. Would like to see us play with more urgency and width. We have talent in wide areas. Gladwin Williams don't have the legs for 90 minutes. Sat Tuesday, sat Tuesday, sat Tuesday either. Jimmy Legg says, to quote Sam Beckett. Oh boy. Steve Arman says, terrible. They press, press, press. We cannot keep possession in midfield. No plan B. Not really good enough. Feeling totally pessimistic. Tramia played it well. Swindon looked pretty rubbish, to be fair. And Steve is such an optimistic person, usually. Paul D says, on result alone, probably no shame in losing away to second place side. But that performance was bloody abject. Craig Clark says, our new so-say-better defenders... All at fault for the goals. Playing LSO for East is mind-boggling. Poor management on and off the pitch. No man of the match. Um, And it goes on. Pretty much the same rhetoric, I would say, looking around. Ryan says, I hope Ben Garner is the last youth coach we give the main job to. Pure window shopping football for showing how technical our players can play with no interest in winning matches and josh phelps says at least we've got a uh, never mind i've always given ben garner the benefit of the doubt but he got so many things wrong today going three four three 20 minutes in with gladwin and iandolo as the central two gave me shivers absolute no control and complete disconnect between defense and attack i think that will do that gives us the vibe although marie says whatever you do don't mention sheridan's oldham winning again Hmm. Okay, so a few things there. I do think our defenders, our new guys, Cooper and O'Brien, they've been fine up until, you know, this game. I think, you know, that's a bit reactionary, but not great, I I will say. You know, there was far louder noise after, say, the Exeter game and maybe the one before that than this one. It's just a mood of frustration because we're so close. Well, I would say post-Exeter was frustration, yes. 1-0 up after 80 minutes um, to concede two late goals like that. And, you know, you could point to a couple of key injuries in the match which seemed to disrupt us today. It was just horrid from start to finish. So, you know, to be honest, I was expecting to see a bit more anger, but I'm also hearing a bit of resignation in uh, the fans' comments you've read out and to be honest I'm feeling a little bit like that myself it just feels like if we were a racehorse and this was the Grand National sort of two-thirds through the race we've fallen off that leading pack the jockeys tried to give us a G up and the Swindon horse hasn't hasn't reacted it, it feels like our race is slightly run um with the only glimmer of hope being two lovely five foot three dynamos called Reed and Payne who are going to have to give things a good shake up at the weekend the thing is we've still got 17 games left this isn't we're not in April I I, I know, know I know I'm, I'm just telling you how I feel I just feel a bit yeah no and, and, and I feel exactly the same I feel like it's like oh well 
there we go. We gave it a go, but oh. it's it's no fairy tale. But yeah. there is so much left, and and I'm saying that in the terms of you know it could lean positive, but it could also get far worse. Yeah. So... I mean, let me qualify why I'm feeling a little bit resigned. Um, hopefully, you can hear that coming across in my voice tonight. Um, part of it is if Ghana was gonna show flexibility if he was gonna try and tweak things to recognize that we're having a bit of a rough patch and actually trying to make yourselves a little bit more difficult to beat and trying to keep yourself in games because you've got injuries and suspensions in the squad he would have done it by now right um and he hasn't and so even with those 17 games left i think well we could be talking about September, October time, Garner's stubbornness being the end of him at Swindon Town. Because the difference between coaching and management is pretty clear in that regard. So, you know, coaches will impart their knowledge, teach you how to play. Managers. It's a job where the buck stops with you and that's all facets of the club. And actually, if you don't adapt, you'll die. Um, Do you honestly, honestly, honestly think they would pull the trigger this season? I don't think they would. Um, well, home fans making noise can influence chairman and decision makers. Um, I'm with you. I think he won't get the shove this season. I think it would need something daft, like another, you know, four or five defeats on the trot. Um, but I can definitely foresee, you know, in the summer, embargo lifted, recruitment done, stumbling start to next season. And we're looking for a new manager in mid-September, early October, something like that. Because, I'm not seeing the willingness to adapt or or he doesn't know how to adapt because it's not it's not been a learnt behavior. This is all very Bristol Roversy though, isn't it? Yes, and you know, rightly or wrongly, that sort of well, what might have been a couple of months ago a lazy accusation of you know, he's an academy manager and he knows how to play one way. Um, we've sat on this pod a couple of months ago and said, you know, he's going to have to learn to adapt. But there's other worrying facets of his management. So let's go back. Just Let's just stick to calendar year 2022. Um, Bristol Rovers home game. Off the back of an excellent win at Port Vale. 1-1, second half. Subs on the bench, ready to go. He doesn't roll the dice. He's content with a point really desperately doesn't want to lose to his former club. So we don't even try to win a game which is there to be won. And if you win the following week, no one thinks about the Bristol Rovers point. But we then go away to... Where do we go? Where do we go? Flicking through my little book here. So away to Colchester. We do absolutely everything to win the game. It all goes to plan. We're 1-0 up. Should be further ahead. They've had two men sent off. And lo and behold, you let in a late set piece. These things happen. But it puts into sharp focus how he should have rolled the dice against Bristol Rovers. And then in the Colchester game, we were guilty really of probably a little bit of complacency and poor finishing because Colchester were horrid. And so we've drawn that game. And it's like a slight domino effect in terms of that knock-in of, of the sort of team, the club's confidence, because we then come out against Crawley. And all right, referee horrid. I don't think it was a peno, to be honest. Could have had a peno ourselves. Um, but we managed to draw a game there, which, again, is just screaming out for a promotion contender, which at that point we were still probably hoping we were to go and win it. We cocked that up. Saturday, again, it's just like a slow domino draining effect of confidence. 
80 minutes gone, 1-0 up, kill the games from them. We haven't got the people to kill the game. We haven't got the manager that wants to kill the game. We lose the game. Tonight is the end result of that chain that I've just described. And we were absolutely horrid. And Ghana is going to have to do some management work this week. Because he needs to pick those players up. We have to, and I say have to, beat Scunthorpe. And then you've got yourself a clear week. And then you're going away to a poor Carlisle side. You've picked up a little bit in the new year, it seems. But again, if, if you've got hopes of clawing your way back into those playoffs, that needs to be a win too. Yeah, because Keith Hill's Scunthorpe United needed a win today, given that John Sheridan's Oldham Athletic beat Bristol Rovers. And they only went and did that. So they're going to be buoyant after stopping yeah. a, what, a loss of, you know, I think about seven games on the bounce. Yeah. And the other the other thing I'd quite like to touch on, Rich, I've seen some debates rumbling online and, you know, inevitably people hark back to the things they love and people mentioning Richie Wellens, right? Now, I'm not advocating that we appoint Richie Wellens next. I think the job he's done since leaving Swindon, the jobs he's done has, has been pretty poor, clearly. Um, and let's, let's not forget, he did leave Swindon in the way he did, which is still going to leave a bit, bit of taste for people. But what I would like to mention Wellens on is style of football. So I would probably say, as a Swindon Town fan, some of the most enjoyable seasons in my time, 2009-10, with Austin and Painter up front, Wilson playing a pretty old school 4-4-2. You know, that team had a real solid backbone, could scrap with the best of them. And yet it had, you know, that dynamite front two. It was, you know, it's quite an old old school setup. But there was a balance there between sort of football, pragmatism, the ability to scrap. Then you have the Wellens promotion season, which was a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable season. That side really did play good football, but it was fast, attacking, purposeful. And don't get me wrong, he, he'd recruited the personnel to play that way. I'm not sure Garner or Wellens or anyone could get this current batch of players playing like we did in the Wellens season. But in terms of style, there was a bit of physicality in the side. When we needed to go long, we could. You had Woolery on the left wing, who was a frequent target of non-goal kicks and clearances. You had Doyle and Yates, who, you know, weren't the biggest players, but they could handle themselves. In the spine of the team, you had Doughty, who was all class, Grant, Steele, um, at the back, Friars and Baldry, who, you know, could both play. I just I just feel like Ghana, the emphasis is far too much the other way. We play far too much with the ball in areas of the pitch that don't that doesn't hurt opposition. And when you do it as ponderously and as slow and with such little conviction and confidence as we've done tonight, you're not going to hurt good side. So I don't think anyone's seriously advocating Wellens to return, but the style of football, which was good balance between actually playing football, but still recognising that you're in League Two and you're going to need to beat teams who are going to absolutely work the knackers off, be physical, and so you have to handle yourself. That's the side of the game which Swindon are badly, badly missing, which means we can't get higher, high enough up the pitch to actually let our quality players play. Does that Have I got that across in a reasonable way? I don't know, man, but all of that 2019-2020 talk was like saying sweet nothings in my ear uh, <laughs> after watching well, what we watched. Do you know what I mean? That, like, the, the Welland side played good football, right? At the time, everyone was like, this is great football. It's high tempo. It's attacking. We pressed. Um, we had skillful players like Jayasimi, Yates, Doughty. But you also had a bit of, bit of oomph, a bit of steel. Because we're still in League Two. And it's still a league that's tough as old boots. Even if probably, a, you know, Forest Green aside, the, there's not huge quality in this league. 
Stop talking dirty to me, Dan. Stop talking <laughs> dirty. They're not coming back. There's no need for them to go. I mean, look from from like Ghana's position. I think about it in in two different ways. The footballing side of it, they're not going to ever um, let him go now because this is a long term project. We've been told it's a long term project, so that, that there won't be any knee jerks. But in a cynical point of view, they won't get rid of him because that's going to cost money, isn't it? Because he's on a, he's on a whatever amount deal and you get rid of Ghana, you get rid of Lindsay, you get rid of Marshall. So that's going to cost, you know, serious money from a, from a cynical side of things. Well, it is a consideration. Definitely. Yes, we did very, very well. And frankly, we were entitled to as fans go, no, let's not talk about relegation. Let's not focus on the toil of last summer. You experienced it. I experienced it to a lesser degree. It was bloody horrible. So that's that's dare to dream, and now it's faltering, and and the fans are allowed to say, "Well, hang on, you know, we're here, we've we're in, it's within reach," and it just mm. feels like we've just pressed the stop button, and and for reasons which are probably fair enough, things like we can't, we haven't got the money to roll the dice. Yeah, and that, you know, all the things you've just said there are valid. Yeah, and I, I do think Ghana will still be the manager at the end of the season. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's exempt from criticism of the football that people see. Um, and perhaps there is a, a you know, a dynamic there, slightly victims of their own success at the start of the season. The away record was magnificent. Um, but now that facet of the team has started failing. There hasn't been the uh, the boost in home performances to to balance it out, and I, you know you've got to commend the fan base. They could not have done more. They've bought the season tickets, they've come to the games, they've bought their mates. The crowd to sheer. We're averaging over nine thousand in the league. It's our highest average attendance for a season in the twenty first century by about four hundred. I think that was one of the that was the playoff season fourteen fifteen. Um, and so, you know, we are we are going to get a bit tetchy when when things get worse, and things on the football front have, you know, I I sort of did that step by step through the calendar year twenty one. Things have got worse, and that that hopefully tonight is the the nadir of of the form, and perhaps there may be some pragmatism from Ben Garner because. If he doesn't show pragmatism, flexibility, you know, that could well, as we said, be the death knell, an early death knell of Ben Garner's time at Swindon. He has to show adaptation and flexibility. It's savable. Of course it is. The whole the season's savable. But right now it doesn't feel savable because he's not willing to try. Do we talk about man of the match? Who? <laughs> oh God, man of the match. Well, I mean, I've I've been scanning through um, the the listeners' contributions, including more that have come in, and very few are even going there. But I've seen Ellis Iandolo with at least two, so he's getting it from the listeners. Whether that's Ugh. you know accurate or not, I don't know. No, but not for my money. Although tonight you're getting a man of the match with a six out of ten. I mean. On first half, Tomlinson did a couple of good things, but then gives the ball away uh, on the left for them to nip in and score the second. So that sort of knocks him down a couple of pegs. Gladwin was good for a half, not for the second. McCurdy and Davidson non-existent. Of the subs, no. Wallacott made one nice save. Oh, God. Um, Odomeo just from me. I, I, I did him a disservice earlier, by the way. I said he gave the ball away high up the pitch, which led to a goal. It didn't lead to a goal. It led to Hemmings being through on goal and hitting the post. So actually, he got away with his ball-giving-away mistake. The other defenders did not. Akinodameo takes it for me. There we go. So he gets the pods. Well done, him. Because some of his general yes. play was quite good. And he's just you know trying to save a sinking ship when all around are just making extra holes in the side of the boat. The last couple of weeks I've been saying that I'm really looking forward to the next home game. I'm really looking forward to the next home game, see how Swindon react. I'm not looking forward to this Gunthorpe game, really. And not because I fear Scunthorpe, just because they've won one game in eight. I fear the reaction if if things don't start well. 
I fear that it could result in, you know, we'll, we'll ha- all have a look. I think the work that was done early in the season to get season tickets sold will mean that there's not going to be a dramatic dip in in the attendance, but the noise, the the pressure cooker environment of, of Swindon when they're struggling. And this team don't seem to react well to the criticism because it is getting, they are getting booed. You know, you can't say it was the referee. The last two games, the official's been fine. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be clear. 14 home league games, you've won three of them. Forget about seven draws. That's what's stopping us. Affects, you know, being fourth or fifth, really, is having just any sort of home record. And, yeah, it's, it's going to great because people want to see the team win. People want to see the team play well. People have paid their 320 or £350 in one go. And and they want to see want to see good football. I mean, you work in the football industry, you got to deal with it, guys. Yeah. Oh man. But yes, we certainly don't want to go one 0 down on Saturday. Oh gosh, <laughs> no. no. To to an Anthony Grant header or something. Oh, Goodness me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got two Littlands with me at the weekend, so I'm going to be viewing the the game through slightly more innocent eyes i've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old on his birthday my nephew harris so come on lads let's put on a show for the youngins let's get a home win under our belt and put this little horror run to one side because then you've got a clear week after that long trip up to carlisle which isn't the most daunting place to go really there's no bay and home crowd on your back there um come on it is it is savable. I know we've had a good old good old whinge tonight, and and that's because the performance was performance was horrid. But beat Scunny, beat Carlisle, very different rhetoric going into that Warsaw home game on a Tuesday night. Payne's back, Reed's back. Come on, boys. Well, here is hoping, Dan. Well done. That wasn't easy. You did a good <laughs> job there. Thank you. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.